Hello and welcome to the After Dinner Podcast. My name is John Keeley, and this is the podcast extension for ROI Show 545. Our noted guest for today is Michael Clean, author and photographer, who will be talking to us about Vishnu Springs. The history buffs for today's show are Ed Broders and Terry Toppler. Ed, you get to start us off this time. Thanks, John. Michael, the first question I've got is, well, when you snuck into the property to take photos, um, did you take a dip yourself or, like, fill your plastic milk jug with healing water so that you could have some on hand? <laughs> no, no, I did not. Um, there, So there is a pond there, as I recall, and it was pretty murky and didn't look like you know, anything I wanted to get in here. <laughs> um, more seriously, did the place operate on a year-round basis? Uh, because I can imagine if I'm a coal miner, and even if I'm really sick, in the middle of January, the last thing I probably want to do is to jump into a pool of 55-degree water. Yeah, no. I, you know, during the winter, everything was frozen over, um, so they probably closed everything down. Okay, Terry. So, Michael, when you did go out um, to the property, the area, did you, um, you said you took some photographs. Um, can you talk about the different types of photographs you took of that area? Yeah. Um, I primarily, when I go to these places, um, I take photos as kind of uh, documentary um, effort. So I try to get um Pictures of the whole building, the different terrain, like the the property surrounding the building, um, and inside as well. Of course, now there's not much to see inside. It's just sort of uh, destroyed and graffitied over, um, unfortunately. But um, yeah, I mean, my my primarily my goal isn't artistic when I go to these places. It's more like just trying to preserve an image of what it looks like um, for the future. Um, so the other question is, of course, you went and took pictures. Um, where are or where are the pictures of years ago when it was first established? Were there manuals or where did you find them, these archives? You can find um, some of the pictures online. There's a pretty good, decent one um, that I saw when I was um, preparing for this interview, actually. Um, it shows, like, a large crowd of people, and there was a grand porch, a two-story porch, actually, um, on the, the Capitol Hotel itself, which isn't there today. It's gone. Uh, but there's also... Um, at Western Illinois University, there's a local history archive, and they have a lot of information, a lot of old photographs there as well. Yeah, you're right. I mean, um, just getting a grasp at it, that was quite a square footage there for a building back then, and dang, um, it's pretty impressive. Uh, well, Ed, I think that it, sorry. Go it's ahead. a testament Ed. to... Um, it's architecture that it's stood this long, mm -hmm. and it's still, you know, despite sitting out there in the wilderness for decades, mm -hmm. um, it's still standing strong as far as I'm aware. Okay, Ed, 
Yeah, that's a tribute to old growth timbers, what that is. Um, I know a little bit about the history of coal mining in Iowa, and it sort of peaked in the early part of the 20th century when the railroads peaked and the rural population peaked. Did, uh, did the decline of Vishnu Springs coincide with the decline of coal mining in that area? Um, I don't really know uh, for sure because it, it closed in the 1920s. And I do know coal mining was still a pretty prominent activity at the time. Um, so I'm not sure there's any correlation between the two. Okay. Um, so when you talk to individuals about this uh, in your community or, or with others, um, in the very beginning, are they kind of surprised? Or what's their initial reaction when you explain that, hey, this used to be a pretty prominent place, uh, that yes, now people are saying it was haunted, but over a century ago was kind of a little bit of a center point of the county? Well, I think generally um, people are interested in it. So I don't think you get really a surprise um, when I talk to people, they they really wanted to know more about it or if they had uh, stories, you know, they really wanted to share their stories. Uh, I remember somebody who actually lived there in the 1970s. Um, he emailed me after I published the issue, this long description of what it was like to live there and everything. Um, of course I haven't, I haven't read that in years. Um, but People are very excited to talk about it, I think, especially because it's just such a interesting slice of local history. Um, they call that area Forgottonia because that part of Illinois kind of um, is off the radar, and anything that kind of piques uh, an interest like that, people get really excited about. Okay, Terry. Yeah, Michael, you mentioned that Western Illinois University now owns the property, and it's used as a uh, wildlife sanctuary, uh, but there's no public access. What would you like to see, what would you envision a great use of this property? Um, and when you were there, did you see a lot of wildlife, like birds and waterfowl and things like that? I don't remember seeing any wildlife in particular. Um, while I was there, I think I was I was there maybe in the early spring, so things were just starting to like wake up from winter. But in my mind, you know, these these places are a great opportunity to share local history, and in my experience, they attract a lot of visitors, especially a place like this that access has been restricted. When you open it up to tours and, you know, you could have scheduled tours where people, that are only a certain number of times a year, um, but you could use those to raise money for the place. And those are extremely popular. Uh, it, I remember when Ashmore States uh, first opened up in Coles County, they raised money um, to rehabilitate the place just off of tours because so many people 
just were wanting to get a look at it and get a look inside. Um, there was a, I, when I was in the Army, I was stationed in New York, and there was an old hospital in central New York that had a reputation for being haunted, and there was a lot of uh, public awareness of it, and they opened it up to tours one day a year. Well, I, I tried to go there to see it, and there were cars lined up for miles. There were, like, police, like, escorting people away, turning people away because there was no more parking. That's how popular some of these places can be. And that was in the middle of nowhere as well. So I have no doubt, you know, if they open this place up to the public, they can install interpretive signs that tell the story of the place and just sort of tell, you know, tie it into the history of these uh these health movements in general, um, that would be great. I, I think um, the local community would really benefit from that. Ed. Michael, do you have any sense of how far the clientele traveled to get to this place? If we're in the late 1880s and into the 1890s, cars aren't really very common yet. Uh, but railroads uh, are in every little town. So do you have any sense of how widespread the uh, clientele base was? Well, I don't think it would have been that widespread because it was kind of in a isolated location. And even back then, with railroads, access to that area wasn't very great. Um, road access wasn't good. It wasn't near a major river. Um, so if when people would want to go to a resort like that, they'd probably go out to Alton or around the Mississippi River, where there were a lot of different, <coughs> excuse me, where there were a lot of these different resorts. So um, I don't think it was very convenient for people to get to. So they probably didn't have this widespread, you know, popularity. So the location of the place may have been partly responsible for its not lasting any longer than it did. Oh, no doubt. We would like to thank our guest for the 545th show, Michael Clean, author and photographer, who talked to us about Vince, uh, Vishnu Springs, the history bus for today's show, where Ed Broders and Terry Toppler. ROI can be found at 9.30 p.m. Friday nights on KALA or on the web at tunein.com. If you're looking for older programs, you'll find them at soundcloud.com. Just put KALA Radio in the search Click on the first icon and scroll down to find nearly a decade of ROI shows. And you can also find ROI on all your favorite streaming platforms. ROI is recorded at station KALA, St. Ambrose University.